to the NFL. What up, Dynasty players in the house? It's Dynasty War Games, and I am your host, Jesse Schneeman. Once again, running it solo, Han Solo style, K-Solo style, however you want to say it, uh, Solo Cup style. Uh, it's me, I'm here, and I'm going to talk to you today about some wide receiver breakouts, specifically year two wide receiver breakouts. So what we're going to do is go through five to ten wide receivers that were drafted last year, had a year to take a look at them, had an offseason um, to either improve or not improve their offense. We'll take a look through all of that. But first, what we need to do is define what is a year two breakout, right? So for our purposes today, what we're going to do is call wide receiver. We're going to call a year two wide receiver breakout, uh, a finish anywhere between uh, wide receiver one overall to wide receiver 24 overall. So wide receiver two or better is what we're going to call a breakout. Okay. So before we do that, and before we get into the meat of the episode, we're going to go through our segment called no shit news of the week. I remembered <laughs> three weeks in a row this week's new uh, no shit news of the week is that uh, Dalvin cook has not signed. Right? No shit, Jess. Why has Dalvin Cook not signed? Well, it's obvious that he's holding out for money. Um, he's put out a lot of things where he he thinks Miami's a perfect fit for him. Um, he thinks other teams are a great fit for him as well. Miami's made an offer. Other teams have made offers. I've read up to six teams have made offers. Obviously, none of them have made a high enough offer. So no shit news of the week is Dalvin Cook is holding out for some more money. I don't really think the that the Dolphins are going to up their offer. Um, they don't seem like they want to pay out for a running back. Um, otherwise, they would have traded something, you know, a seventh round or a pick a pick swap for him. Um, they, they obviously didn't want to pick up that contract, so they obviously don't want to pay him what he was going to be paid under that contract, $10 million this year. So look for Dalvin Cook to go to the highest bidder, not the best fit. That's our no shit news of the week. All right, now let's get into year two wide receiver breakouts. Well, you just went through no shit news of the week, Jess. Isn't your first wide receiver a no shit breakout? Yeah, it is. It's Garrett Wilson. So Garrett Wilson has already broken out. Um, <clears throat> he also got a huge quarterback upgrade this year, going from probably the worst quarterback in football, Zach Wilson, to one of the best in Aaron, in Aaron Rodgers. So uh, he's also the clear target lead on his team. He established that in year one. Um, he's an elite talent. Um, some of the things, um, some of the things that could hold him back a little bit would be the new scheme and competition with other targets. Um, he does have to learn the new scheme and they did bring in a lot of Aaron Rodgers buddies. He may favor them as, at least early on until he gets familiarity with Garrett Wilson. I don't really believe that that's going to happen. It, it's kind of, it's a very, low chance, low percent chance that, that those things happen, my opinion. So I gave Garrett Wilson a breakout score of 96. He's already done it. He was a wide receiver too last year. I expect him to wide. Uh, actually, 
you know, he was close to a wide receiver one. He was, I think he was 14 or 15 overall. So I, I think he's easily going to move into wide receiver one territory this year. Um, 96 is virtual lock. Um, so a little bit about the scores that I'm giving these guys. I'm assigning a number grade. It's also a letter grade. So think of this as, as if you're in school. Um, 96 is an A+. Plus. Um, anywhere below a 90 is a B. Um, Below 80 is a C, and so on. Um, I, I do have some failing grades in there. So that's Gary Wilson. I don't want to spend too much time on him. I think he's a pretty obvious one. We're going to move on to another obvious name, Chris Olave. Um, again, he's already broken out. Was a uh, wide receiver, too, last year. Um, did get a slight QB upgrade. You know, I definitely think that Derek Carr is an upgrade over Andy Dalton, I think that's obvious. Andy Dalton's a, a backup in this league where Carr is about a league average starter. So that's de a definite upgrade, but not the upgrade that Garrett Wilson got. Um, some of the negatives in um, working against him are the scheme overall is pretty average, um, and he does have some target competition if Michael Thomas st stays healthy, once Alvin Kamara is actually in there playing. Um, that pretty elite target competition. Although I don't really expect that to eat into his production too much. Alavi showed uh, what he can do in the NFL. He's got the speed, the hands, the smoothness, the separation ability, everything we saw in college translated right away to the NFL. And I just, I, 92 is an A, you know, I, I, another no brainer. Alavi is going to break out. All right, so I don't want to spend too much time on him either. So now let's move on to the third player on my list. This gentleman is a very polarizing Jameson Williams. Uh, a lot of people have kind of soured on him, thinking that the six-game suspension is going to really hold him back in the coach's eyes. I, I think that's crazy. They traded up to get this guy high in the first round. Um, he was the first wide receiver taken off the, off the board. Um, elite speed and talent. Um, I had him as the wide receiver one in his class talent wise, and nothing's changed with him athletically. Um, I don't think he's facing huge target competition. You have Amon Ra, uh, Amon Bra, St. Brown, and um, now a rookie in Jameer Gibbs. Yeah, I think Gibbs is going to be heavily involved, but it's not the same part of the field that Jamison Williams is going to occupy. Now, Umbra isn't really a, a deep threat either. And not that Jamison Williams is only a deep threat, but you definitely can see him uh, occupying more of a, like a downfield role. Um, not that I, like I said, not that I think that's all he can do, but at least early on in his career, that's probably going to be his bread and butter. Uh, factoring all those together, I've, I've Jamison Williams as an 84 breakout, even though he is definitely going to miss six games this year. Um, on a points-per-game basis, I definitely see him as a wide receiver, too, all day this year. 84 is a solid B. Um, it's a good bet that Jamison Williams breaks out. I don't really see much holding him back other than the suspension. Um, I, I just doubt highly that the coaches have, have soured on him in a year. The The reason for the suspension is something that the, um, the NFL has admitted that they underserved their players on. They, they didn't explain the policy well enough. They didn't put it out there well enough. Guys weren't paying attention. I, I don't think the coaches are going to hold it against him too much. You know, I, I, as long as he's contrite, apologetic, works his way back, 
Um, I, I think everything will be fine with Jamison Williams. Like I said, mid solid middle B 84 breakout score for Jamison Williams. All right. Now let's move on to Jahan Dotson. John Dotson showed right away that he had translatable da- uh, talent last year. Um, lack of volume, a volume of target competition, right? So, Yes, he's got elite competition with TMC, but then who else, right? Diami Brown or Logan Thomas, are those guys going to be his competition? Gibby, um, really don't scare me. Jahan Dotson, to me, is clearly the number two uh, target on on this team. Um, some of the negatives, though, is his size definitely showed um, right away that he's susceptible to injury. Um the QB is definitely questionable. I, I think it's probably an upgrade of what he had over what he had last year with Kyle Allen. Um, was it Kyle Allen or uh, uh, Heineke? Oh, yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> Taylor Heineke. You know, it, not that I think Howell is some supreme talent, but he played pretty well when he came in, and I think he's definitely got a chance to be um, better than the also-rans Heineke and Allen and and the guys that they've shuffled through over the last couple of years. Um, as I said, TMC is elite target competition, but really I think that's good. It'll take, it'll take double coverage away from Dotson. Um, the coaching is an issue. Uh, you know, we're, we're dealing with thousand year old Ron Rivera, old school thinking uh, he's a defensive coach. Um, we did bring in a uh, Eric B as the offensive coordinator, but, He's a rookie offense coordinator, so we can't count on that to be an upgrade um, in situation for Dotson. Uh, all this in the consideration, I have him as a 77, which is a high C. Um, there's a decent chance, better than average chance, slightly better than average chance, in my opinion, that Jahan Dotson breaks out and is a wide receiver too this year. All right, so moving on to my next player, I have George Pickens. All right, he would be sixth on the list. We've gone through, I'm sorry, fifth on the list. We've gone through four players. Fifth is George Pickens. Um, some things about him is, yeah, he definitely showed out. He's got elite hands. Um, my ball mentality made a couple of circus catches last year. Really turned every, really turned everybody's heads. Um, it made us take notice of George Pickens and kind of announced his presence with authority. The problem there is that he's not a separator. Um, He's more of a possession receiver that's a a go-up-and-get-it guy. I think Alshon maybe in his prime, kind of who he reminds me of. I think he's got better hands than Alshon, probably not as fast as Alshon was. Some of the negatives, um, Matt Canada, man, I can't believe they brought Matt Canada back. He's he's the Pittsburgh offensive coordinator. He's, he's just as horizontal, as horizontal as you can get really doesn't um, really, I guess doesn't believe in the, in the vertical game or doesn't believe that he has the the talent or the quarterback to play the vertical game um, from his comments this off season. So far, it doesn't look like they're gearing up to change things a whole lot. Um, the only wide receiver I believe they brought in was Allen Robinson. He's certainly not going to stretch the field for you. Um, it's not how Deontay Johnson's been used in the past. You know, with and, and the other thing is with George Pickens' skill set, 
like I said, he's not a separator. He's more of a hands. He's more of a, a high point type receiver. It, those throws are a lot higher degree of difficulty than the throws you have to make to a separator. So, you know, like the throws you have to make to, to Deontay Johnson are a lot easier because he's a lot more open. There's a lot more degree of a lot less of a degree of difficulty where if you have to constantly be throwing in the tight windows for Pickens, uh, it, I don't know that Pickett has um, the skill set to do that. And I don't know that Matt Canada is going to put these guys in a position to make it any easier on them. So all of this translates to a 72 for me and George Pickens. Um, yeah, there's, there's, I would say just slightly below average chance that he becomes a wide receiver too. There's a lot working against him for this particular season. Um, would not be surprised if, um, you know, he finished as a, as a low wide receiver three, to be perfectly honest with the way this, this offense might shape up this year. All right, let's move on to our sixth wide receiver. So now we're moving on to Christian Watson. I, I think we all saw flashes out of Christian Watson last year, and then we saw some progression out of him as well. There's some ugly drops early on let let um, led him to going into Aaron Rodgers' doghouse. To his credit, worked his way out and was kind of a thing towards the end of the year. Uh, elite size and speed, but very, very raw. Um, he is um, – returning to some scheme stability, which helps him out. But he got a huge QB downgrade. Um, Aaron Rodgers to Jordan Love, I, I think it's pretty obvious that, that Love is just not going to be able to play at the level of Aaron Rodgers. Um, and then the the offense overall is, is just packed with young players, and I just think that there's going to be a, a low offensive efficiency overall. I've said on previous podcasts that I'm not a believer in the Packers' offense this year. Jordan Love, and, you know, not somebody that I, I think in NFL circles a lot of GMs are, or scouts are real confident in um, really stepping up and being an above-average NFL quarterback at least right away. Um I think there's a lot of bust potential with Christian Watson. He's very raw. Um, he needs to take a huge leap. And he just doesn't, I, in my opinion, does not have the talent around him, including quarterback, to do that. So all of that comes, um, culminates in a, in a grade of a 70 for Christian Watson. I don't want to ignore the talent. You know, and and the possibility that he really does take a, a year or two step forward. I don't want to eliminate that possibility. So I'm playing it a little bit middle of the road. It's a low C and a 70. Um, lot playing, lot working against him. But like I said, a lot of talent to work with. So very very possible that he does take that leap. All right. That is six wide receivers in the can. Let's move on to number seven. I have Traylon Burks. All right, Burks, I have it at 66. He's got, you know, great size, alpha traits, definitely a, a go-get-it-my-ball type of guy, can high point. We've seen, we saw that last year, at least in flashes. Problem with him is he's, he's got a very bad QB, you know, in Tannehill. Um, I, I just very, very much below average to, like I said, bad or poor for by NFL standards. Um, and the, the problem with, you know, 
Tannehill being older and moving on is that the, the replacement could be worse. How many of us are really in on Will Levis? Uh, Will Levis fell to late first, early second round in rookie drafts. Uh, uh, another uh, another podcaster on our network, DWZ, um, Dallas Heidert, has uh, in particular um, pointed out that um, – you know, successful quarterbacks really don't normally come from the third round. So, um, oh, I'm sorry, that was headed with Hooker. Ah, forget about all that. Still, we're not in on Levis, right? Mayonnaise in the coffee, eating rotten bananas whole. It's just disgusting, right? <laughs> I just don't think the trail on Burks is going to benefit from Will Levis replacing Tannehill. So, bad quarterback could get even worse. Uh, it's a run centric scheme, obviously, where we're Derrick Henry first, and then they drafted Tajay Spears as well. So definitely a possibility that they are going to become more running back centric. Um, the other thing is Burks himself is extremely raw. He needs to take a leap. We never know if that's really going to happen with a player. So similar to Christian Watson, uh, just a lot of uncertainty and a lot working against him. I have him at a 66, like I said. It's, re it's really below a C, you know, he's really a D um, as far as his potential to break out, but it's not a failing grade as of yet. All right, let's talk about Sky Moore. Next on the list at number eight, right? We've gone through four or five, four or five, six, seven, eight. Yes, Sky Moore. Raw didn't show much last year. A lot of tar target competition. It's really a crapshoot for a role. Who do we know? Um, is there Rashi Rice, Kadarius Tony? Obviously, they have a number one target in Kelsey that's undisputed. Um, you know, they brought back Jarek McKinnon. He's going to get probably get a lot of targets again. Uh, we just don't know uh, if or where Sky Moore is going to be deployed. If they start talking about how they have scheme packages for him, well, that could be a good thing because it could be something that gets him on the field, but it could also be a signal that he's not going to be a regular, you know, um, within their first two or three uh, target options. So Sky Moore, it's, it's, it's a little scary. I really do still like the talent, huge hands. I think he had, the, he, he had the biggest hands out of any wide receiver in his class. Um, when he stands just with his arms at his sides, it looks like his, his fingertips are going to touch the ground. His arms are so long, unique build, unique skill set. Let's hope that Andy Reid is still in on Sky Moore. Let's hope the personality of Sky Moore allows him to progress in year year two and, you know, prove me wrong on this 64. He's not, like I said, I, I'm not giving him a failing grade. It's a D, it's possible, but maybe not likely with all that's working against him. Um, obviously, the biggest positive with Sky Moore is that he's got Patrick Mahomes as his quarterback. He's got Andy Reid as his head coach. So a lot of creativity and a lot of, um, you know, elite on-target passes that could come his way. We just don't know if he's going to get the opportunity. All right, so moving on to number nine on the list is Romeo Dubs. Romeo Dubs had a bit of an early breakout last year. Definitely showed flashes. Um, but again, as, as with Christian Watson, he got a huge QB downgrade. Um, he's also very raw. Um, again, Packers offense could be very low offensive efficiency. 
Um, and then he's just got a ton of competition. Whereas Christian Watts, I think, has probably cemented himself as the as the number one wide receiver in the offense. Dubs may not be uh, so cemented. The, the Packers showed that they want to add weapons to their offense in the draft this year, taking two wide receivers and two tight ends. Who knows it? Um, Musgrave. Who knows if Musgrave or Kraft or Reed or oh man, they took another late wide receiver that that, that slipped in my mind. But there's there's just a lot uh, of competition. So a lot working against Dubs. I'm sorry I can't give him a passing grade. He's a 58 as a wide receiver to break out this year. Uh, if he beats out all these guys, offense starts to click. Uh, could he become the number two target option in this offense? Absolutely. Do I think it's a good offense? No. Is it something that you should be running out to grab? No. But I do like his skill set. I do think that eventually um, he's going to turn into a, a solid wide receiver in the league. I just don't know that it's going to happen this year. There's just too much working against him. Um, again, 58 failing grade for Romeo Dubs. So rounding out the top 10, we've got Khalil Shakir. I gave Khalil Shakir the exact same grade as Romeo Dubs, but for different reasons. All right, so um, he does have an elite uh, trait in his speed, and he is an elite um, offense. He's... Uh, He's got Josh Allen throwing to him. But similar to Sky Moore, we don't really know if he's going to have a role. I I think he is, but he the role that he's best suited for, he's got ma- major competition in Gabe Davis. with. Now, we may be down on Gabe Davis as a dynasty player, but I don't think that the Bills are down on Gabe Davis as a player. Uh, especially in that role, he showed that he can fill it. Um, Killer Shakir has shown that, um, yeah, he's got the opportunity or he's got the ability to get open deep as well. Um, but man, I, I just don't know that he's going to get, um, get the target volume to really break out this year. Like I said, there's too much competition. They drafted a high priority player in, in Kincaid in the first round. Obviously they have digs. I think that they're going to be, you know, the the one, two, it's going to be Diggs, Kincaid, and targets, I think. And then as far as um, who's third in targets on that team, he's got plenty of competition. I think stiff competition in Gabe Davis, and, and really mostly because they play a, a, a similar position, a similar role. So I gave Shakir also a 58. Um, I think that he's not as well-rounded as Sky Moore. I don't like the talent quite as much. I do think the situation is pretty similar, whereas we, you know, there are other players that could could fill the role. Um, yeah, it's 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 a failing grade for me in, in Khalil Shakir. He's a 58. Is a player I like. If he happens to get that role, if they do like him better than Gabe Davis, and and they throw him in there, and he is the third um, highest target getter in that offense, then. Uh, this 58 is low, right? So it is a player I like. I'm not warning you against acquiring him. I'm just telling you that you might have to wait another year for him to really break out. And he really may never reach wide receiver two status. You may be looking at a career wide receiver, dynasty wide receiver three, um, a pretty boomer bust, somebody that that may just be a, 
a what the heck flex on a weekly basis going, you know, at, at his ceiling. All right, so that's my top 10. Uh, we've gone through, really, I think, what are, is the meat of the position from last year, the, the crux of, of who was drafted and who we're looking at for this year. There are a couple more that I want to mention. All right, I, I wanted to grade John Mechie and put him on this list, but I'm giving him an incomplete. Just a player that didn't play at all last year, not because of a football-related injury or on-the-field-related injury, more of an illness, right? Something that he worked hard to overcome. Um, I really liked the player in college. I thought he was just very translatable. I, I targeted him two years ago in rookie drafts. Um, you know, before we got the injury or before we got the health news. I would love to see John Mechie break out this year. I, I think there's a good possibility, but we haven't seen him on an NFL field, so I'm going to give him an incomplete. I do think that the Texans' offense is up and coming, right? Um, they're adopting the Niners scheme. We'll see how well they execute it. They have Schultz as sort of a veteran stability piece. Uh, you have some high upside players, Nico Collins and John Mechie. We'll see what happens. Uh, I do think it's, like I said, up and coming. They're going to add weapons through the next coming years. Um, players to take some some pressure off of Mechie. They do have a good run game to take some pressure off him as well. Um, again, an incomplete cross our fingers and hope that John Mechie stays healthy and um, contributes to the Texans. All right, so that's actually 11 wide receivers I gave you. Mechie's a little bonus. I also have a couple of honorable mentions. I, I kind of wanted to put Tolbert and Kyle Phillips on this list, we just didn't see enough out of them either, right? Um, Tolbert, it's very concerning that he didn't actually get on the field and, and wasn't health-related. You know, he just wasn't ready to play in the NFL, even though Dallas was desperate for a wide receiver too. Um, they brought in Brandon Cooks to be their, their wide receiver too. It's going to give maybe Tolbert a little more time. They also still have Gallup. Um Right now, he's at best fourth on the on the depth chart. I don't even know if he's that high. Uh, hoping that something clicks with these, this young man. Maybe a light bulb goes off and we can see some of the ta talent that we saw in college with him. I, I do believe it's, it's most likely a mental thing. So hopefully the game slows down for him a bit. Um, and, and we see a little, little uh, Jalen Tolbert next year. If I had to give him a graded beer somewhere around a 20. Um, Kyle Phillips is another guy that, that flashed right away last year. Really liked the skill set. Uh, it's an underneath slot type of player, something that Tennessee doesn't actually have otherwise. Um, I, I think he could add a dimension to their offense and did, <coughs> excuse me, immediately add a, a dimension to their offense last year that they would just desperately needed. If they can put it all together, if he can put it all together and they can actually – uh, scheme to use him properly, I guess there's a chance uh, wide receiver two is really, uh, really ambitious for uh, Kyle Phillips, his, his pedigree, his skill set, the offense that he plays in, I think is very ambitious. Very pretty low chance that he actually breaks out in that way. However, um, there's a chance that Kyle Phillips turns into something, something that something resembling a usable dynasty player. Uh, somebody that I really like stashing um, still on my practice squad. Same with Tolbert. So 
just a couple of guys to keep on your radar. Uh, breakout breakout chance is very, very low, but um, still possible, and I want you to just keep them in the back of your mind. Woo, big sip of water, lots of words. All right, guys, thank you so much for joining me this week. This is your year two wide receiver breakouts and the percent chance that it's going to happen. Um, unfortunately, Chad and Mike weren't able to join me this week. Both of those guys have families. You know, they get the, the kids thing. Man. Uh, they can't just be in the beautiful, glorious phase of empty nester life that my wife and I are in. And they just don't have all the time in the world. So those guys are taking care of some kids today. Um, next week, I'm out. Um, I'm either going to do an early solo show or Chad and Mike are going to do it together. Um, we're still working that out, but you will be getting an episode next week. Um, I'll be in Florida next Sunday. So we're going to work that out. Um, yeah, cross your fingers and pray for me, y'all. I am going to Florida. So who knows what's going to happen. I don't know if I have to bring my guns with me or if they're going to hand them out when I get off the plane. It is Florida, the lawless swamp, but Neptune beach is supposed to be beautiful. So we're going to check it out. My wife and I, all right, guys, again, thank you for joining me. Uh, this has been dynasty war games, part of the, the dynasty war zone network, like, and subscribe. When you subscribe to the dynasty war zone network, you not only get this show, but you get the big show and you also get, uh, the Daily Destroyer, uh, the Rookie Rundown. Um, yeah, uh, I don't, re I don't remember Kyle's show's name, but you definitely get some redraft content as well. Dynasty Warzone is out there hustling, giving you the best experience-based, actionable advice, actionable advice possible. Um, so I thank you for joining us, and I and I assume that you'll be joining us next week as well. I am Jesse Schneeman, and I am out. When we add up all those inches, that's going to make the fucking difference between winning and losing. We won a game yesterday. And if we win one today, that's two in a row. We win one tomorrow, that's called a winning streak.